One of my favorite worship songs sings about breaking the cycles of life. Uh, And so here's the question. Does your life feel like the repetitive mundane of cycles and circles? Does it seem as though you've hit a brick wall? Does your life feel really stuck and on hold? So here's the question. How do we get to something new? How do we encounter new experiences? Well, listen to this. In order to get to something new and encounter something new, we must become something new. We must be willing to trust the process of change, right? Like you've heard, uh, uh, may have heard uh, even uh, coaches uh, say, you know, work, uh, trust the process, work the process, the process will work. Uh, if you work the process, just trust the process. So then how do we experience change? How do I grow from go from being a person on one level, let's say one level of faith and one level of love and one level of strength, one level of maturity to a greater level of uh, faith or a greater level of love or a greater level of strength or a greater level of maturity, maturity or whatever. How do I go from being this person living in the mundane, uh, living this life of circles and cycles and uh, just being this person who's seemingly not going anywhere? How do I get to something different, something new? Well, listen, in order to grow and excel from the current version of you to a greater version of you, there has to be a change. And the real change occurs within our soul. Third John 2 says this. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospers. So I have to say this is that change now does not occur naturally. We have to work at it. It's not an automatic. It is not something that happens over time. Change from within does not automatically occur within our souls. So listen, to become something different, we must do something different. And finally, Get into the word of God and see what marvelous thing that God has for you. Get into that word. Read that word. Eat the book. Read it. Comprehend it. Believe it. Receive it and apply it. James 2 and 20 says, But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead. God bless you. Love you. Have a wonderful day. Have you ever wondered where fear, anxiety, and depression come from? These mental and emotional distresses are spiritual, and they manifest from a self-willed, self-centered lifestyle. Jesus said this in Matthew 16, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake will find it. When we live our lives to preserve and satisfy our lives on our own, it actually produces results that are less than desirable. When we gravitate towards self-will, which is really self-serving and self-preservation and self-satisfaction, 
It is a fruit for self-destruction. Losing our lives is always where we find life. That is when we lose our lives for Christ's sake. Now, when we lose our life, that is the self-willed, self-centered life, that is actually where we find life. Now, you may be asking, well, what is this life you're talking about? Well, let me say this, that the life that I'm talking about is not necessarily merely surviving and existing. I define life as this, as according to Galatians 5 and 22, <clears throat> and it's read, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, meekness, and temperance. You see, we must die to our own opinions. We must die to our own beliefs, convictions, and values, and thoughts, and understandings, and take on the convictions, and thoughts, and values, and understandings of Christ in order to find that kind of life. Proverbs 14 and 12 says this. It says, there is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of destruction. So can you just say this with me? Not my way, but God's way. You may have heard the statement, listen, it's my way or the highway, right? But listen, honestly, in order to experience this life that I'm talking about, it's God's way. And God's ways are not our ways. Isaiah 55 and 8 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So remember, to live the life Christ promises is to die to my own. This is why we pray, not my will, but thy will be done. Lastly, I gotta say this, Father knows best. I love you. God bless you. Have a powerful day. Quite often, men will blame God for things that he simply did not do. When evil or disaster strikes, God is frequently blamed for such catastrophes. Now, blaming the Lord for allowing or causing death and destruction means we really lack understanding regard, regarding God's perfect love toward us. Now, do we really believe the God who would send his only son to die for us while we were at our worst did so just to destroy us? Romans 5 and 8 says this, but God commendeth his love toward us, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died. Now, do we believe God brought us out of slavery and bondage to kill us with thirst and hunger in the wilderness, or fall into the hands of the enemy, being Pharaoh and his army, trapped by the Red Sea? Is this how we depict and believe God of the Bible to be? Then there's the sacred cow of, well... <laughs> God is sovereign, so he must have allowed this terrible thing for some good reason. Wrong. <laughs> Wrong answer. Listen, the Lord gave us the keys to the kingdom with the power to bind and loose. Matthew 16 and 19 says, and I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. 
And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. This means, children of God, this means that men and women of God have the authority to cause course correction. In Genesis chapter number one, the Lord instructed the first Adam to subdue and have dominion over all of his creation. That means that God gave authority to rule to both Adam and Eve over everything he created. And in the last Adam being Jesus, we have an even greater covenant, which means that we have those things given to the first Adam and more. So, Finally, let me say, when tragedy occurs all around us, let's ask the question, does this represent the God of the Bible? Is it consistent with the character and nature of God? Listen, listen, here is the greatest statement I must say for today. God is love. John 10 and 10 says this, the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. And Jesus said, I am come that they, who are they? You, me, every man, woman, boy, and girl might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Now that's the God that I know, love, and serve. God bless you as you go throughout your day. I love you. I am Robert Johnson, pastor of the Freedom Life Worship Center, Opelika, and this has been The Daily Walk. Do you like having options and having to decide? What theory or method do you use when making a decision? What process do you rely on when you are given a choice? When I was a kid, we played a lot of competitive sports and had to pick teams. Now, our picks consisted of individuals who were faster, stronger, and outperformed everybody else. The method we used to choose our teammates and team wasn't the same method the Lord used to choose his teammates and his team. You see, when God chooses, his choices are are very unusual. They are unoriginal, unpopular, unfamiliar, and even unorthodox, which defies natural logic and reasoning. So what was the method God used to pick his team? 1 Corinthians 1 and 26 says, For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called, but God chose the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, And God chose the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty and base things of the world and things which are despised has God chosen, yea, and things which are not to bring to know things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. So have you sensed a calling from the Lord to do something so amazing and so unimaginable? Has he shown you, you will become someone far greater than you could have ever imagined you could become. You believe you're not the right pick or the best choice, which really is proof that you are the perfect choice. 
You see, God chooses in ways that are not our ways so that his name may be glorified. Isaiah 55 and 8 reads, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. So finally, when God is glorified, it is to shine a light on our Lord that men may see him and glorify his name. Matthew 5 and 16 records, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father, which is in heaven. And now you know why God chose you. God bless you. I love you. Have a wonderful day. Do you love to compete? Do you have a somewhat competitive edge over others? Do you desire to be the head and not the tail, the first and not last, simply because you cannot live down the possibility of ever losing? Do you view life as a dog-eat-dog world and so let the big dog eat? Now, I believe having a competitive nature is fine so long as we know where and how to use it. For instance, if we're in a race against time and the devil to win souls for God's kingdom, then it makes sense for our competitive spirit to kick in against evil. However, there are areas of our lives that being competitive is far from being wise or even, com or even profitable. For instance, Competition in a marriage with our spouse is always a recipe for disaster. Matthew 12 and 25 records, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation and every city or house divided against itself shall not stand. You see, in a marriage, we are connected to complete each other and not to compete with each other. Genesis 2 and 24 says, therefore shall a man leave his father and, and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall become one flesh. Finally, if we have a career or hobby or even live in a culture where being competitive is the rule of the day, let's stop and ask ourselves this question regarding competitiveness. Will this kind of competition draw me nearer to people or will it push me farther away? God bless you. Love you. Have a wonderful day. What kind of things do you imagine in your heart? Do you have goals and dreams or a larger than life-size vision? You see, our goals, dreams, and vision get written on the canvas of our imagination. And unfortunately, many are the dreams of some whose imagination was flooded with powerful vision, yet failed to become a reality. Now, the question is, how does that happen? You see, it's not enough to merely dream and imagine nor even set goals and have vision without the finished work. It's a process. There's a step in the process that many will overlook or are completely unaware of. 
And the step that I'm referring to is the act of confession. Simply put, you gotta say it. We are body, soul, and spirit. And it takes the spirit of Christ in us to transform our mind, soul, and body. When we imagine a thing, it gets hidden in our heart. But when we open our mouth and confess that dream, that goal, or that vision, it shakes up our mind and it stirs our soul. You see, to dream and imagine is only the beginning. Yet it is when we say it that it puts life and force behind that thing. Romans 10 and 8 says, But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Proverbs 18 and 21 reads, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. James 5 and 16 records, confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. So I got to say this, friends, we have to have to believe and know that confession really is good for the soul. God bless you. Love you. Have a powerful day.